Hello and welcome to Turbo Geeks, a short format pod where dope people talk about dope subjects. On today's episode, living art. Should creators edit their projects after public release? Our Turbo Geek guest of the day is Chris Volkman, a local filmmaker and one of my CrossFit athletes. Cool. Chris, thank you for coming today. Thank you for having me. Can you let everybody know who you are, what you do, all that stuff? Uh, sure. My name's uh, Chris Volkman. I'm a, a commercial film director uh, based out of Seattle, Washington. Um, I have been in commercial production for um, I, at least a lot, at least 20 years in various capacities and been directing pretty much full-time for the last eight years. Um I started out in music videos and independent film and realized that I just didn't have the attention span and, and kind of actually fell in love with the commercial filmmaking process and found that it's really just incredibly experimental um, as kind of contrary as, contrarian as that might seem. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a job like anything else. It has good days and bad, but I feel very fortunate to be doing what I do. Yeah, because you're obviously passionate about it. Yes. All right. I felt really good after yesterday. Okay. I felt pretty good through that whole workout, actually, which was surprising. So I'm optimistic that I'm like coming out. On the way, on the way back. Yes. Cool. Exactly. All right. Well, uh, yeah, let's chat about living art. Living art. Living art. What is that? Uh, I think this actually, the uh, original like subject in my head, I think I saw a video online where they were talking about like, is it okay? Uh, let's say one of the more popular things that's happening now are some of the bands from like the 80s and 90s mm. completely re-recording yeah. al- like entire albums. Right. Like... So that could be, let's say, uh, you're a father of two, I'm a father of one. When they first hear a song, like let's meet uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac's, like re-recording from like two years ago versus the original recording, like what becomes their definitive version and like what is the definitive version? What does it matter? Why do they want to re-record? Like things like that. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, you you yourself as a creator, like, would you be, let's say, if you were a musician, even though that's not necessarily your thing, or is it? I don't know. No. Okay. But yeah, I I mean no. I I'm a. I wish I was a musician. I think that that would be. That's like the fantasy in my head. I don't sing karaoke, but if I did, I would absolutely <laughs> sing like "Before He Cheats" by Carrie Underwood. Okay. You know, and <laughs> bring it down okay but all right I'm, i can't <laughs> sing at all uh-huh. so that's just sort of like a you know a fantasy that will never come to fruition right so <laughs> so let's say something like uh it, as a filmmaker yeah uh we talked about this a second ago but like uh george lucas and star wars his original versions uh from uh 77 and the 80s and stuff like that yeah um i seem to remember being younger and remembering like uh the scene with Han meeting Jabba and Jabba being a dude wearing like a furry coat. Yeah. Uh, 
and apparently doing some more research, it was like that never actually showed. No, that was, that was like a, a, that was a cut. scene. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, then how do I remember this? Right, probably because like, you geeked out and found it somewhere. Maybe. Yeah, uh, yeah there was. I'll I'll do another episode way later about the history of me and, and Star Wars. Nice. But, yeah. Uh, so I guess they brought the scene back in the '90s when they wanted to re-release the films as special editions and put them back right. in theaters because right. um, the uh, computer graphics were way better. So they're like, hey, look, we'll have an intro scene to, what was it, Moss Eisley, like walk coming in and like seeing all these different things and a do-back that didn't just like turn his head but could be like fully animated and stuff. Um, were you okay, like, seeing that stuff? And do you think that's, like, fair to everyone? I I'm, I wasn't. In that specific instance, I wasn't. Because I felt... But I think that that's, um, you know, me being kind of nostalgically connected to the things that I watched as a kid. I mean, I the watched... OG ones. Yeah, like, I watched Star Wars, you know, from a pretty early age. I, I am just young enough that I didn't catch everything in the theater so I watched them out of order and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff I think the first one I saw was Return of the Jedi you know? okay mm-hmm. um but I was like four you right. Know? Right, right so it um so I have this kind of like nostalgic connection and the sort of the muscle memory of watching those movies and like of being so obsessed with them as a kid that you it becomes this sort of like cemented thing you know and then but I have kids now, and they've only ever seen the, you know, revamped right. versions uh-huh. or whatever. And so they don't know the difference. And so what's been sort of solidified for them is completely different. And had the, if they went back and watched the versions that, that we remember, that would feel different and foreign to them. And so, I mean, I, you know, I think the greater question of, like, do I object to an artist doing that or to you know Fleetwood Mac re-recording Landslide or something like that like I you know I think that for me as the audience I have a connection to the thing that I think what I mostly object to I suppose is the lack of availability of the thing that I fell in love with that it now feels augmented you know and that's really what I object to like if you look at Blade Runner or something like that and the 15, yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna bring yeah, that one up like the fifteen video. versions of it that exist. Like, you can still find the original. It's not like it was burned to the ground. Like George Lucas, uh-huh. like burned those. I mean, that's like you. You have no, or they're hidden somewhere deep in a vault. Yeah, you have like this whole like subculture of people that are like splicing reels together and stuff to try to get the original. So back, yeah, I, you know? what you're talking about right now, uh, there's been a group of people, like former and like current special effects artists. Who are going around and everyone has their own cut but they're putting all their resources together and then it's like hey i'll clean up a scene and then because i'm only really good with gradient and like uh film film grain right. then i'll give it to you and you're better about colorization yeah. and then somebody else knows how to like clean up actual effects yeah uh so they're putting out these what you were saying the Unaugmented, but still it like polished up. It's like a version. It's like a, a digitally remastered version of the original. originals. Yeah, yeah. Have which you, sounds great. Have yeah. you seeked them out? I have not. Okay, no. I know. I know the instructions and how to get it. Yeah, uh, but it's also like 
I don't know if I want to go this far. And then it's like... Is that a line, like a fandom line to cross? <laughs> possibly. <laughs> yeah. that, that I'm just like, I know in this day and age, uh, you know, I used to geek out and I saw friends who do this, Mac versus PC. Sure. And they're very much PC. I build everything. I know yeah. all my components and blah, blah, blah. Right. And when a new phone, that, like anti-iPhone comes out, dude, I'm just like... Just give me something that works and, like, yeah. what do most people have so that I know I can do the majority of the things. And I think that's where, like, Apple kind of shines. Sure. They don't come out with anything brand new, no new tech, but it's polished yeah, yeah. by the time that they put it out in their tech. Well, it's right? the, the ease of use. It's so, always been their thing, yeah. So think of, thinking of that, it's like, well, I, I want the originals, but if I can't just... If I can't just go out and buy it or just like yeah. get it digitally, I don't You can't just like get it on, buy it on iTunes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, I mean, it comes down to like, and then you can choose to print your own sleeve for the DVD case. Oh, wow. And like, there are 10 versions that this group has like come to say, these are, these are the ones. But so now, funny. now at that point, does that belong to Luke? That's not how Lucas wanted the films to be seen. No. Anymore. Yeah, and I guess that's kind of where I was going with, like, as the audience, I I might object or have an opinion to something because it is changing what I kind of originally fell in love with. That is separate from what the actual artist, director, musician, whomever, was interested, is is interested in doing or, or what brought them back to that in the first place. Like, I think in the instance of if like a band from the seventies or whatever is re-recording a track and that's motivated by money or something like that, then that's, then I kind of object to that. But if they're doing it because they feel like there's an artistic reason to revisit that work and it doesn't eliminate the original, then that's really up to the artist. You know what I mean? And, and I don't really have a problem with that. Um, George Lucas obviously felt like he didn't get to make the movies that he wanted to make because of the limitations that existed at the time. And so as he was really pioneering the, you know, technology that enabled him to make the new trilogy and all that. um, And there's even interviews where he talks about that, like where he with he was so excited about the new trilogy because of the technology. He could tell these stories in a way that he wasn't able to before. Mm -hmm whether you like the, the prequels or not, is sort of relevant. Like for him as an artist, that was exciting. And so I understand the, the motivation to do something like that. I think for me personally, as a director, I, I kind of have to divorce myself from a project, you know, as a, in, a, in a way. Like it's kind of um, working on something is a lot like a marriage. You know, you you are just like bound to this thing for whatever period of time. It's the reason I got out of movies and, and into commercial work is because of just the time commitment. You know what I mean? If you're working on a movie as a director, you're, you know, at least a year. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's not like, oh, I'm in pre-production. I'm going to just like, you know, work on this a couple hours, a, you know, a week or whatever. It's like you're on that job. And those are the, and that's the, that's the hard time. The, you know what I mean? Because like, like what we were talking about, that might not even pick up or not. It might not pick up or you just sort of like, you know, there's kind of like two phases of making a thing. You, you have sort of like the initial kind of raw, just like ideas to a page kind of period, the, con- the conceptual process. Um, 
and this is true of anything, you know, um, it's true of making a commercial. Like when I pitch a commercial, it's never more free than that time when I'm pitching it because it's unfiltered at that point, you know? No brand is coming in and saying, I want the logo bigger or whatever, you know? No producer is coming in and saying, well, we need to cast, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt in this role for the, you right. know what I mean? Right, well, and, you, and I'm sure yeah. in your head, visually, you see the thing and how it's going and... Yeah, there's a there's a Hitchcock quote where he talks about I, I don't remember it specifically, so I'll paraphrase it. But like he talks about how he was never satisfied with any of his movies because they were never as good as the one in his head, and right. that's true for just art. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the act of like transitioning something from your head through into the physical world is a, can be a fairly painful experience if you let it be that way. You know what I mean? Because it's never going to be that thing. If you're, I think a more healthy approach to it is to allow that evolution to be something that is exciting and then sort of like allows discovery and collaboration and all the things that are great about, you know, at least in my line of work, like working with a large group of people and sort of what that culture can be like and, and um, being, you know, at the center of that, then I have a lot of sort of I can control the mood of a room quite a bit, you know what I mean? If I'm in a bad mood that day, then everybody's in a bad mood, you yeah. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I, I mean, I just think that that's a, a, a healthier approach to things, but it can be really kind of arduous. Um, so I think that, you know, going through that process, you, at the end, you kind of have to like, if you don't ever allow, if you don't have a deadline, nothing will ever be done. I guess if you don't say okay at this time if this is when it's going to release this is where we're going to put the record out this is when the commercial ships is whatever it is like then you're just you're just going to keep working on it and that's i think for me like i have to have a stopping point you know um there is you know a thing though because there's obviously director's cuts and things like that mm -hmm. um and there aren't a lot of instances, I think, in the feature world where I prefer a director's cut to an original. You know what I mean? Are I, there I'm any notable actually, ones off the top of your head? We I talked mean, about Blade Runner. Yeah, the, that's like a super famous kind of instance just because um, it, of it, how many times he's revisited it, right. you know? And at this point, like, I couldn't even tell you the difference between all of them. I know one. I know the original had a voiceover and a different ending. You know, I don't know. They're, they're the, it was the scene with the unicorn cut from right. Legend or right, something right, right. like that. Yeah. Where it's like, now it makes more sense with uh, Edward James Olmos's uh, origami unicorn. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then, but then he brought something back in another version that was like, okay, this is the definitive version. It, you know. Right. It's just hard to track. Right. You know, and I, so on one hand, I like, I appreciate that he needed to do that for himself. Um, on the other hand, as the audience, I'm just kind of like, yeah, so we, we fall just confusing in, the shit out of Yeah, we always fall into this uh, problem now, uh, like we were just talking about with Star Wars and all this, all these different iterations, but it's like the iteration kind of tells you what era you're from. Right. If you're original. So theoretically, I'm special edition era. Mm, like uh, generationally? Yeah, generation, uh, generationally. And, and that's like, those were... The movies that I remember as somebody who was actually interested in it, right? I have uh, footage of me as a like a, a two year old or something like that, sitting in my uh, my uh, aunt and uncle's living room, sitting with my older cousins, 
uh, our older cousin, and he's watching Empire Strikes Back. And I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm sitting there just, like, staring at the TV really into it. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, but I didn't even know how to, like, shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, like I didn't know how to control anything. Um, that's not my version, is it? And that was, a, that was a, I think, if I remember correctly, that was what was playing on CBS in the right. 80s or something like yeah. that. Um, but the ones that I remember sitting in, I I chose to put the VHS in yeah. and sit and watch from the start to the end was that. And then, like, that's where I would geek out with my uh, my friends who were also into that on the playground and totally. us talking about how to correctly pronounce – I don't even know where this came from. Uh, it, the My friend Wayne would be like, it's – Tatooine. They say it in the movie. And I was like, no, dude, it's Tatooine. <laughs> and, and like things like that, right? So re- regardless, that's uh, falling away from all of this. It's like, okay, that's my version. So I get mad when the Blu-rays come out and now when Obi-Wan comes and saves Luke from uh, the Tusken Raiders, they call it like the crate dragon yell. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. yeah. It's this weird, like, really high. It's not even aggressive. Yeah. yeah. It's some weird, like. Uh... It's like a banshee. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, uh, <laughs> your son and daughter are eventually going to be like, Dad, let's watch that old. Uh, let's see that old, old Star Wars one. The new one's coming out. I want to see what, you know, because. They're the different levels of understanding when you see a film at different ages in your life. Uh, will they be like, oh, let's watch the clearer looking one, the Blu-ray looking one, the old tech one. Yeah. Like, could they even see a VHS version of it now? I own the special edition VHS. I own the unaltered. But I don't even remember what's on those. Yeah. And I can't play them because I don't have a VHS. Right. Yeah, uh, I don't have a VHS. Uh, yeah. So it's like... And now I'm afraid because that media is delicate. Like, how many times can I mess around with that before, like, the tape breaks? Right. Uh, and, and stuff like that. So it's like, that sits in a box and a box and a box and a box that I'm not trying to open right. too many times. And I might be holding on to this because I know it's rarity. Mm. What happens when, I, when I'm disappointed when I watch that? Because, you know, VHS quality is a little different right. and then like i'm i'm talking a big game and then when my daughter is older and i'm like oh look i found a vhs player we're gonna sit and watch this and then i'm just like at the end of it apologize to her for it not being as great as i like talked about her right. or something like that chris and i both talked a lot so Uh, Our conversation went pretty long. I'm going to cut this one in half. There'll be a part two out soon, but I wanted to go ahead and give everybody an intro uh, to Chris. So we're going to do the AMRAP and wrap up this episode. uh, And then you can look forward to the rest of our conversation in a part two. We're going to go into our AMRAP. We're going to ask you a bunch of questions. Uh, stands for as many responses as possible. Like so you that. just, you, yeah. You know, because we're CrossFitters, right? Yes. We know each yes. other through CrossFit, so right. that's uh, that's what we're going to shoot for yeah. here. Uh, what's your favorite food right now? Oh, man, I love Mexican food, so there's nothing better than a proper burrito. 
Awesome. Uh, what's your favorite drink right now? Uh, like beverage or non-alcoholic? Beverage. Um, coffee. <laughs> Always coffee. Is there <laughs> an alcoholic version? I uh, bourbon-based drinks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, favorite restaurant? Jewel. Ooh. Uh, favorite bar? Are you going out to bars at all anymore? I. You know. Yeah. No. I'm an old man. I don't go out to bars very often. Um. Although, uh, I live in Northeast Seattle, and the Wedgwood Broiler is a time capsule, and that's where I find myself on occasion. Perfect. Uh, favorite coffee shop? That is a good One question. of the top five, then. One of your top five. Uh, or two I, of your top five. I end up having, I end up having coffee at uh, Stumptown quite a bit. If I'm going to a coffee shop, it's usually Stumptown. Okay. I do like Victrola a lot. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what's your favorite thing in your closet right now? Uh, I own like nothing. I own like enough clothes for five days of the week and then like either CrossFit shirts or sports shirts. Yeah. So my favorite, actually my favorite thing is my, um, uh, original starter, 49ers starter jacket, the gold, Ooh, dang. the gold with the, with the red bands. Nice. Everybody that I grew up with, I grew up in the Bay Area, everybody that I grew up with has. So, yeah, that awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, texting or talking? Texting. Favorite day of the week? Friday. Why? I don't know. Because <laughs> hey, end of the week, baby. Because end of the week, yeah. Uh, do you have any nicknames or pet names? Uh, not really. I In high school, my last name is Volkman. In high school, people called me Volk a lot. Mm-hmm. and But that doesn't really happen anymore. Okay. Yeah, I know. Totally different kind of naming structures from growing up yeah. versus now. Yeah. What's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Why? Food. Food, <laughs> football. You drink, it's like, you drink with your friends and family all day, watch football and cook like a big ass meal. That is, if every day we're like that, that would be cool with me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, how long does it take for you to get ready? Like in the morning? Yeah. 10 minutes. Uh, do you know what the definition of triskaidekaphobia is? No. We're going to keep it. <laughs> Uh, keep it hidden hidden from you until yeah. you learn first celebrity crush we were talking about kind of this earlier and stuff Julia Roberts uh, current celebrity crush Julia Roberts nice <laughs> dude timeless she is timeless yeah uh, what's your favorite thing about your partner your wife she oh, might listen man. you better be nice um, she is uh, one of the most patient genuine people I've ever known and um and that is a requirement in dealing with me (laughs) (laughs) nice do you snore I don't think so maybe a little bit I don't know I don't think so okay biggest pet peeve in life just in general whatever like when I said that something popped up in your head what was it um I Bad drivers. Second biggest pet peeve. I guess it's not the biggest anymore, but another pet peeve. Chewing with your mouth open. One more pet peeve. Mm. Uh, Man, this is stumping me. I'm pretty easy. I guess I don't like like people that are... uh, I guess I get turned off by people who are like, um, who can't wait to talk. Okay. If you, who, people who don't listen in a conversation. They, they just want to put their stuff they out. They are just waiting to talk. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. They, they don't listen to the news. They just want to say yes. whatever. What's your favorite song at the moment? Doesn't have to be my new. favorite just, song? Like, you know, been... uh, one of my all-time favorite songs is um, Pass Me By by The Far Side, and I think that that just kind of sticks. That's been my favorite song since I was, like, 13. Nice. Uh, any tattoos? No. Uh, do you like dusk or dawn? Dusk. Why? Uh, I don't like waking up early. One thing you need to be happy. Food. <laughs> how do you how do you get yourself out of sad? <laughs> Food. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I eat because I'm unhappy. Honestly, um, exercise, <clears throat> and I have you to thank for that. Oh, thank quite you. A bit. Cool. Yeah. That is not that always been true. Um, that's something that that I found through. Uh, CrossFit and specifically awesome. the foundation. So it's cool. That's not just blowing smoke since I'm here with you. All right. Uh, now we're getting into some film based questions. All right. Hit me. Uh, franchise Mission Impossible, John Wick, or Fast and Furious? Fast and Furious. Oh, wow. Oh, dang. I didn't see that coming. Uh, Sandra Bullock. Uh, we know your answer here. Sandra Bullock, Angelina Jolie, or Julia Roberts? Yeah, you got to go, Julia Roberts. No uh, one has ever been more attractive than Julia Roberts. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Last movie you saw in theaters? Uh, Endgame. Do you know the first movie you ever saw in theaters was? If that matters. I don't, actually, I guess. Maybe Return of the Jedi? I don't, I guess I don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Favorite director? I don't really have one. That's tough. Top, I, top three. I mean, I uh, was greatly influenced when I was, you know, I was a 13-year-old boy in 1993. And so, like, a lot of kids from the 90s, uh, I kind of idolized what Tarantino was doing. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that he's my favorite director now, but that was... Stylistically inf like, influenced quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And then, just a few years later, I became really influenced by Terrence Malick. When I found him when the Thin Red Line came out, mm -hmm. went back to Days of Heaven. Um, now I, you know, actually, let me answer this better. My favorite director is a commercial director named Stacey Wall. Okay. Uh, I have a lot of film directors that I appreciate, but for me, if I look at somebody and I say, I love what that everything that that person does, I'm I love Stacey Stacey Wall's work. He's fantastic. Uh, then current, um, let's call it like, what, what is it? Because I can geek out with you here. What is a, a role within filmmaking that you think is very underappreciated? Editing. Um, who's your, do you have a favorite editor? Or do you have a favorite like editing job in the past couple of years? Like I, I didn't know this little story, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Mm, yeah. Do you know the editing story there? That was his wife, who had never edited a movie before. He was like, hey, you're going to edit my movie. One second, sorry. Yeah, and um, so she ended up, out of nowhere, having to take, like, days' worth of footage and putting it together for a coherent story, and that's why we get uh, uh, Fury Road. I, did, I actually hadn't heard that. Um uh, Frances McDormand has a quote about, um, it, I think it stems from, like, she asks directors if they storyboard, mm -hmm. um, which 
directors should probably storyboard, but uh, they she doesn't like it because she thinks that the director is sort of like dictating the editorial process, and mm. she says that everybody thinks that a film is a director's medium, but it's not. It's an editor's medium, and I actually completely agree. I the best directors I are great editors, and um, if you don't understand how shots relate to each other, then you just don't understand fundamental storytelling. Um, oh, snap! Yeah. Favorite uh, editor? I don't know. I mean, Walter Murch is incredible. Uh, Kirk Baxter is really good. Um, I like Kirk's work a lot. He works with Fincher a lot. Um, does a lot of commercial work as well. What do you think is like the best, uh, or, or not the best, what's your favorite like non-movie story right now? A television show? A um, miniseries? Whatever. I'm really looking forward to season two of Big Little Lies. Um, I really liked season one. Okay. I, I really like that filmmaker. Um, and I am recovering from Game of Thrones. I was, I've spent a lot of the last few months because we completely rewatched, you know, all of them immersed into Game mm-hmm. of Thrones. And I still love that story. I'm just, you know, it, fit. it was a tough ending. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Plain chocolate or an alternative milk? Um, alternative milk. I don't deal with dairy very well. What is your favorite alternative milk? Coconut. Okay. I do like, um, uh, if you've ever had pecan milk. Oh, no. Super good. Okay. But it's obviously spendy. Yeah, that, like, that yeah. sounds super bougie. Yeah. No one has totally. that. Yeah. Uh, name one of the seven deadly sins. Uh, sloth. Yeah, you're right. Uh, name one of the seven dwarves. Uh, sleepy. Good. Uh, is there an Instagram that you follow? Is there an Instagram profile that you like? You need to see everything that they come out with. I don't think so. Okay. Not that nothing comes to mind. Okay. No. Cake or pie? Pie. Favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, ben and Jerry's makes a non-dairy. Uh, series with almond milk and they have a PB and cookies and it's fucking crack. Okay. Like I will eat a gallon of that. Fantastic. I'm going to pick some up after this. <laughs> uh, say one word in a different language. Uh, adios. <laughs> a- agree or disagree with the following statement. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Oh, disagree. <laughs> why, why, why do you disagree? Because I need sleep. <laughs> I want to sleep now <laughs> and wake up tomorrow. Uh, ideal outside temperature? Ooh, like 60 degrees but sunny. Like Oh, yeah. That's, so that's that you my, can wear a hoodie that. or a t-shirt and be comfortable in either yeah. fashion. Stand outside in the sun or get in the shade kind of thing yes. there too. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, giving or getting presents? Giving. Can you touch your toes without bending your knees? No. I don't think so. Speaking about sleep, how many hours of sleep do you need on average? I mean, eight is ideal, but I probably get closer to like seven. Um, I try, I, sleep is huge. If I don't get enough sleep, I'm awful. Yeah. Favorite uh, city in the U.S.? Seattle. Second favorite city? Actually, my, eh, San Francisco. I mean, I'm from the Bay Area. Right. Yeah. Uh, city or nature, then? City or what? City or nature. Do you like nature? To be... Okay. Yeah. Uh, is there a favorite nature place around here that you like? Mount Baker. Uh, Anywhere in the vicinity, from Glacier all the way up. Yeah. Typing or writing? 
typing, sadly, I want to say writing, but I just don't write anymore. So, you know, like none of us do. So I found that writing is really fucking hard. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. You don't <laughs> um, practice anymore. So I'm just right? out of practice. So I'll go with typing. It's easier. When you write, do you know how to write in cursive? Not really. Uh, on a scale from one to 10, how good of a driver are you? One being terrible, 10 being fantastic. Seven and a half. Uh, ask permission or beg forgiveness? Oh, beg forgiveness. Finally, best, best piece of advice you've received? Um, that's a good question. I think that, I don't know that it's a single piece of advice, but I think that there have been, um, and this relates to the previous question, that there have been a lot of people that have impressed upon me to not be afraid to fail. So I guess I'll go with that, is to just embrace failure. Yeah, fail, fail harder. Awesome. And that's a wrap. Big thanks to Chris for being one of the Turbo Geeks today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like and follow us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Turbo Geeks Pod. Thanks and be kind to one another.